Columbia Pictures presents Heavy Metal. A trip beyond the future to a universe you've never seen before. A universe of mystery. A universe of passionate fantasies. A universe of terrifying evil. A universe of magic. Heavy Metal. science fiction. And welcome to Midnight Movies once again. I'm one of your co-hosts for Midnight Movies. I am the creator, the father of this. I am Thanatos Kane. You can call me Kane for short. And I never do these alone. I'm always here with my trusty cohort, the producer, the man behind the madness, the brainiac of the Heroes Asylum. And that's, of course, has the captain. My captain, Captain Mike. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing good, sir. This is a uh, interesting uh, choice you have uh, chosen. Well, you know my—that's what every girl always tells me. I'm always an interesting choice. It just—it just—it's par for the nub, you know. Um, we were talking. This is—if you guys don't know what it is, in case this is part of the Heroes of Asylum choice that we do normally every month of our 12-part series, and this month happened to be mine. And one of the genres was animated, and I chose heavy metal. And if you guys have never seen this movie, and some of you weren't even born yet, or some of you were just born, it's um, it's it's heavy metal. It's yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the best way I can say it. Um, I can't really describe it. I mean, saying it's weird is probably saying you know it's not giving it enough credit <laughs> because it's not even weird. It's just beyond that. Um, one of the best things about this movie is the soundtrack. If you guys never picked up the heavy metal soundtrack, check that out. Like literally everybody's on there. And if you love Cthulhu, it has a lot of Cthulhuism in there. So there's, it's basically like six part, six stories, I believe, interweave uh, into one. So if you, I think we did a movie which was last year that we did trick or treat, similar premise. I'm not sure if they got it from here or a creep show where it began, but uh, this was one of those interweaving things. It's kind of like one thing that's like the thread that drives all six of these movies, and it happens to be a glowing orb. Yes, a glowing orb. I did not mistype or misspoke when I said that. What are your memories about this movie, Captain? Oh, God. I mean, obviously, you know, way too young to see it in the theaters. Uh, I was probably 15, 16, long-haired in a metal band, and we decided to plop this in, not realizing it wasn't a heavy metal movie. Mm -mm. This is sci-fi at its core. You know, it's... This is not what you would think a, a when you look at the cover of it. You're seeing a, a you know a girl on a winged beast. You're thinking Conan and and that style. You're not thinking you know sci-fi basically. No, you know, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's no, no, no. And then of course you know us being older when we watched it, we didn't realize this was part of the heavy metal magazine. This was actually published by Heavy Metal. That's why hence the title. And I think not. Um, there's a lot of talk going around, you know, because we were like digging into the, the video stores back in the day. And, you know, this is what, you know, there was always the rumble of a sequel. And I finally, we finally got one like 19 years later. 
from this one, there was a heavy metal 2000 that came out. Um, really? Yeah. I, I never, I never seen that one. Uh, not as good. Cause again, you have to realize, you know, when they're delving into these sci-fi stories, they're, they're hitting some, some, you know, masters and getting into, you know, into some, uh, some great storylines. Uh, a couple of these I do know are from the heavy metal magazine. I think I pick up a couple issues of the Heavy Metal magazine. I wasn't into it. I was more into the movie, which I know that sounds strange because I'm I'm turning to one of those guys and like, you know, I didn't read the comics. You know, I like the movie better. You know, it's just. Yeah. But the, this for me was like the magazines are like, eh, but the movie I love. Like I, I, I can't quote it verbatim, but I just like one of those movies that entrances you when you watch. It, like, wait a minute, you know, what the hell's going on here? Well, you got to realize we've never saw anything like that. This was pre-Adult Swim, you know where now we see these weird things you know we 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 were like entranced with this and then i think next one next oddball cartoon that came out was like ren and stimpy you know and beavis and butthead oh. that kind of mixed that that strange genre and i that, yeah and then after that was when was cool world cool world was earlier but cool world to me doesn't fit this strange genre okay uh yeah cool world i think was like 89 90 like it was in the it was in that 80 to 90 like time frame um but if you want to talk just oddball that's this movie cool world was just different i wouldn't throw it in there Hmm. as as complete oddball as as i would this one well this is this is really oddball and it's funny because i was thinking about choosing a um another movie which was uh i'll I'll tell you the choice right now I, i was thinking about doing vampire hunter d but then i thought i go wait a minute we haven't really touched anime yet, and that's part of its own little scene that maybe one day we'll actually start dipping our toe into because anime is a huge, huge thing. But uh, I digress. So are uh, you ready for this? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay, we'll so um, we're going to give the Heroes Asylum countdown, and of course we always start from five. So get your players queued up, your CDs or your VHSs if you're that old, because God knows I am. We'll start in five, four. Three, two, one, and hit play. This is Columbia Pictures, kids. Remember Columbia Pictures? I think they're still around, right? I believe so. Or are they a subsidiary of somebody else? I'm not sure. Now, this is 1981, okay? And is it Ivan Reitman? Very Flash Gordon, by the way, the beginning. Yeah, you have yeah you have Ivan on here. He because this was a Canadian based movie. Uh, oddly enough, though, no Canadian musicians. You would figure Rush would be on here. Yeah, at this time, Rush was still was was fairly big. Gotta love the animation too. Yeah, the animation was miles ahead of anything that was going on. Like that—that that was one of the first things when I saw. I was like, "This is an this is an animated movie." John Candy, a lot of yeah. Speaking of Canadians, good Canadian yep. guy, John Candy. Oh, you you got Candy. You've got Eugene Levy in here. Uh, again, like we said, Harold Ramis. You, yeah, look at that. Ramis, yeah, yeah. you got you've got quite a a cast in here. It's like literally they have all, the entire cast from Second Street. If you guys don't know what Second Street is, it's, it was like a version, of, I think, of Saturday Night Live, but only in Chicago. 
Yeah, yeah, SCTV, which you, you got you got some of the great great ones. Oh, Rick Ramis. Some of those skits are just will have you on the floor. Yeah, so funny. And as you guys are watching this, this may look oddly familiar. Yes, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Elon Musk actually took this idea for his for his little project he did with a spaceman over Earth, orbiting. So even though low. Elon's a little strange, I'll still give him credit for being a, being a heavy metal fan. Hey, man, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be going to space anymore. <laughs> Boots on the moon, folks. Boots on the moon. If nobody's seen a... Uh, Space Force just yet. Nice. I haven't seen it. Is it good? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay. I just love that old school metal sound. Like to me, like every metal band in the 80s were, I mean, they were different, but they all kind of were like all the same. If you think about it, they always have to have that singer who always had that high pitch alto voice. Ah, That's pretty much all of them. That's right, folks. We'll be at the Winchester for karaoke this weekend. So if anybody wants to come Yes, back, we'll be back. <laughs> Coming back. Sorry, I just I've missed singing for so long. So now the art director for this one actually has done uh, quite a bit of work. Uh he was famously probably for look uh, at that. Uh, oh, they got Blue uh, Oyster Cult. Why was Donald Fegan on this soundtrack? Oh. Grand Funk Railroad, Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Trust. Wow, Nazareth is even in here. The mighty Nazareth. Yeah, this is actually was taken off of the off the shelves for a while because of the the move the music rights with all those bands that once once it was Oh yeah, the royalties are oof, can you imagine that? Yeah, because there were a few of the bands they were having disputes on their own credit. And so they had to pull this off of the shelf so nobody could even buy it. So that's that's another part of the legacy and the the legend. Of uh, of heavy metal that a lot of people were not able to find it. See, to me, they found a way that their animation style of making it. I mean, it's animated, obviously, but there's p- parts of it that it looks like almost like live action. Like well, not he, this part here, but like the the part where he's coming out of the car. Yeah. Well, each segment has has a different director. That's what I was going to say. This director actually is known for uh, a thousand and one Arabian Nights, also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated series. So each they're done by different direct directors. So you're going to see different styles and different different artwork. Up, well, he's dead. You don't want to find out what it is. That's what was in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> we never got to see it, but that's what it was. No, it was. Okay. Come on now. Quentin Tarantino would, would, would definitely reference heavy metal. Oh, yeah, he would. <laughs> and he'd be the guy to actually pull it off live action, too. Galaxies, all dimensions.
It's just so freaking weird. Like, who are these guys? They look like Skeksis <laughs> with helmets on. If they ever did a live action version, I would like Jack Black to be in it. You got to have Tenacious D in there. I mean, you can yeah, go definitely for, yeah, definitely for the music. I mean, they just they, they could fit in this universe like a glove. I say that because I, I was watching the uh, the Pick of Destiny the other oh, night. Oh, I love that movie. I just like the uh, the the beginning parts where he's in his room. And then he's uh he's just singing, and then he's like he's singing the Dio, and then Dio just pops out of the poster and starts singing with him. <laughs> it's very uh very uh twisted sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when you think back, now they have in a way sort of rebooted this, but done it under a different name though. Because uh, in uh, what was it, 2011, filmmaker Robert Rodriguez announced uh, at a Comic Con that he'd actually purchased the uh, film rights to this. Uh, oh, really? In 2014, uh, with the formation of his very own television network, El Rey, Rodriguez uh, was considering switching gears and bringing it to television. But last year, they did uh, on March 15th. They on Netflix. If you watch Love, Death, and Robots, it is basically the rebirthing of this in that same style. Hmm. They weren't able to do a straight reboot because I'm pretty sure Robert Rodriguez is like us. Don't reboot it. It's it's a classic. Yeah, don't. But um, but what he did is he bringing he brought it back in the as far as the essence and the heart and the soul of it is back. So if anybody's watched Love, Death, and Robots, it's kind of the this is kind of the the seed and the infancy of what that became or where that came from. I love how they just combine universes here, like it's very post-apocalyptic, but still set in a real world, like New York City. And it's kind of like the 80s because you have like that punk fashion going on. And you still combine future elements. Look, look at the cars, like very future. And this guy's still driving that beat up cab. Just keeping it real. Kind of hint, hint of uh, Fifth Element, if you think. If you think yeah, that. yeah, but very, yeah. What the hell? I got to get me one of those. You don't let anybody in your car, so. <laughs> the Metropolitan, the Loch Nar. Yeah, very fifth element. Yeah, let's see who we have on this one. We've got uh, John Candy's uh, guest on, uh, doing voice on this one. Uh, look for the desk sergeant. And who who else do we have? Harvey Atkin. Harry Cannon. Wow, there's a name I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, well, the girl that's playing um, 
the uh, the the whore, the whore, uh, the whore, uh, Marilyn Lightstone. She actually voices voices on the GoBots. Out of all the things we've ever done, wow. I've never seen a a voice anybody doing voice acting on that. The GoBots. Wow. Yeah. And and probably my second favorite uh, Iron Eagle movie. She did. Uh, she was in Iron Eagle on the attack. Where they, that was the second uh, one, right? Uh, no, that was the fourth one where they brought back the not Doug Masters. Yeah, because Doug Masters died at the beginning of two, which was no, but no, he didn't. He he, he didn't die. He fell into uh, parachuted out, landed in Russia. He was a prisoner. He got released, and then uh, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, that, yeah you're right. That, Man, I forgot those movies because I, I think they pissed me off because the first one was so cool. And the second one, like literally, like the beginning five minutes, Doug is dead. Yeah. And the whole movie is like Lewis Gossett. You're like, wait a minute. Like I thought Lewis was the tra- was a traitor. Now he's he's the main guy. Like, uh, yeah, that was weird. But you're right. Did they bring him back for the fourth one? Like, oh, so he's been in Russia all this time. Yeah, but then it's not even the same actor. Yeah, it's some different dude. Like, okay, that guy. I mean, guy looks like they like they tried to recapture him pretty good. But uh, what was Doug Masters doing at that, that point? Nothing. The actor that was, yeah. that was doing that. Yeah, uh, I think he was doing television at the time was he yeah if i remember he ended up oh, i'm trying to remember what doug master that, that name doug the Lochnar. Yeah, very, very reminiscent of like 1940s animation. If you look at her, big, yeah. Look, uh, look at the features in the face, yeah. like the the eyes, even the way they move. Now, is this the little girl who was in the mansion? I I don't believe these are connecting. Okay. Again, the only like you were saying, the only thing in them that, that connects is yeah, it's the orb, is the the green orb, or as I call it, the phantasm orb. Look at that, he got naked right there in front of her. Somebody's staying over. I'm I'm getting comfortable too. <laughs> Sorry. I guess this is like <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, he got lucky too. <laughs> Good old American know-how. There's a form of art that I remember from art class. When you draw a woman like that, what they could say, what is it, voluptuous? Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it. I'm not sure if it was like during the romanticism era, but they used to draw their women like that in a lot of their paintings. I got to look it up and remember because it's been so long since I've been in college, but that was one of the major things I took in art history was like that era. You could see like a lot of the women they drew in their portraits were vaguely, very voluptuous and thick. So that's what kind of reminded me of when they did that animation on her.
Is that Dr. Mindbender? <laughs> That's Dr. Mindbender before he joined Cobra. Yeah. Hey, man, he's got to eat. A young peach of the hut. Damn, man. Oh, you already jaw seven. <laughs> You'll see a lot of you. See, you saw Robbie the robot giving. Yeah, him I just saw him. Yeah, there he is. Yep. You also will see uh, the Enterprise. Uh, they wanted the space clips as uh, space debris. Uh, you'll see the original Enterprise uh, destroyed, and this is pre-Con. I- that's so, right, because Khan came out uh, the next year. Yeah, 83, I think. For No, it wasn't 82, Khan? Uh, I thought it was 83. I thought it was 82. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, so, you know, like, there's some foreshadowing. That was, like, one of the biggest impacts of my childhood, watching the Enterprise get destroyed. Oh, yeah. I mean, after that, it just gets like whatever. I'm, I'm, they've done it in so many movies since. It's like, eh, who cares? A couple, huh? not as much as you exaggerate. You just don't like to see it, though. Yeah, because it's like it, it just takes the impact away. Like the first time you saw it, it was like, damn, oh wow. Well, the first time I saw that one, then the first time I saw the Enterprise D go down, that was that was just as uh just as heavy. Not really, not to me. me. Well, for it me, didn't, it didn't. No, because no. I I watched it all the time. I mean, I was like from day one. And was, it didn't even really go down. It just like <laughs> the saucer part survived. It's gonna get sneeze. <laughs> I got a boo boo. Got a boo boo. We got enough of a boo boo to get a new ship. So. uh There it is. It's the whore again. It's the whore. Hal Rudnick, the comedian? What's that? No, I was thinking Hal Rudnick, the comedian. He used to be a big comedian back in the mid-2000s. Oh, she banged you, dude. Yeah, man. You ain't going to do no better than that. Okay. Leave. Yeah, and I'll see you. What the? They used yeah. They used that. They did they use that same suitcase in the Fifth Element too? There's a lot of Fifth Element stuff in here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you weren't when you really look at this. This is just a an old style noir. Yeah story you know no 19 like 40s 50s you know detective story she came in that one night and i was you know, just like, like yeah i remember one night i got home yeah 
and everything. I had this burning sensation, and then I woke up and she was gone. Well, I don't know what kind of detective movies you've been watching, but <laughs> not good detective movies. Yeah, right. We got to think probably a lot of some of the stylings, like in some of these were that I'm trying to remember the term that they're used for where they are basing it off of human movement. Mm -hmm. Like they film the people doing it. Cause you gotta think this isn't too far after, uh, if you remember Lord of the Rings and yeah. one, which that was all. And I kind of wish I could remember the, the name of that. Cause they're, they're using a lot of that now too. Even, uh, I think the last time I do know they definitely used it was like in the clone wars that last one of the last battles between uh, Ahsoka and, um, and Dart and Maul. Oh, God. That was, they actually like did, they let the, like, they let, you know, um, the mocap stuff, I think. Yeah, thank you. yeah, maybe that's what it is. Mocap is what I'm thinking, but they, you know, they, they let the actors fight it out and then they just, that's what they based their fighting style. Maybe on. that's why that, that's one of my favorite lightsaber battles of all time. Now it's up there now. Oh yeah. Because the, the, I, the one, I think it's the, First battle between Ahsoka and, and Maul. That is the time. That Maybe that's why, because I never it was. I I was trying to think. Have they ever fought before? No. Have they ever met before? No. You do not yet understand. Look at the way that girl is terrified in animation. Look at that. It's very yeah. You're right. It's very Lord of the Rings. Now she was supposed to be in the storyline. She was supposed to be like an eighty years old. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, the name of the orb is Ithulu. Ithulu? Yeah, which is supposed to be... The god of chaos, I believe. Well, it's, I think it's backwards. Yeah, it's Cthulhu. I think the name of it is actually Ithulu, but backwards. That's John Kander. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. He is the evil emancipation of the god of chaos. I'll tell you, if there's a society you don't want to be a, you don't want to piss off, is the Cthulhu people, the HR Lovecraft people online. Those guys, man, they take their shit seriously. I would know them because I'm a part of their group. So, that, that and the flat earthers. <laughs> to join some of the group forms, man, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, Dean Warmer's on here too. From Ooh, Animal House. Um, John Keith Vernon, he's on here. Man. Where does he come in? Okay, that's weird. Oh. Besides everything else, yes, it's weird. <laughs> See, now, now we're going into the the Conan style, the yeah, because you know, really, that was pretty much it. Conan was was the style. It was pre uh, He Man or anything else. So, and if you have never seen the Conan the Barbarian, the special features, it's a um, it's a watch along with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the director of the film. Gold. Just go even for Arnold alone. 
You don't even need the director there. I'm, whatever you're, whatever you're dropping, I'm buying, lady. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Up. I'm there. <laughs> you're naked. You got big old boobs, and you and you got a cool helmet on. Come on, I'm there. And we got uh, Doctor Manhattan going after. Even that music right now that you're hearing, like that, well, I guess they would call it like, like the victory chant for the 40s. Very heroic. Well, tongue twister, sorry. Very heroic. Sorry. Bless you. You know, I think of John Candy, man. It sucks that we lost him so when he was so young. I mean, what he was like forty something. Yeah, tragic man. So, uh, so Den, the character that's on here is actually he's um, from a nineteen sixty eight animated short that they they redid. And it was kind of what it was based off of. Was mm. was called uh, the Never was it a uh, Neverwhere? Uh, they, they they redid the uh, the trade paperback back in the 19, late seventies. And this is that. So that's this is actually based off of something outside of the heavy metal world. It did eventually get into the heavy metal books. Man, where are these women around nowadays? Shit. That's Kane. That's Kane at a Here's Asylum. Get a little ahead of myself. This is where we are in the me, the me too society. There, so simmer down. Yeah, I would say, what about me? That's my, that's my movement. The what about me movement. I call it the Raven movement. <laughs> you know what? Okay. I'm thinking of an episode of Brave and the Bold right now by watching this, you know, one of the, this story. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think it is? I don't know. I watched you, it. A lot of oh, you don't remember? No. Remember when he went to like planet Zathra or Zithra and he met the Batman from there who was voiced by Kevin Conroy and he was wearing that weird purple and red suit? I think so. Yeah, that's what this reminds you of. And there's Perseus from Clash of Titans. So it is interesting to realize that when this did come out, this did actually gross twenty million dollars. Really? Yeah, it was a nine million to make. So, what about the advertising? Yeah, it was nine point three million to make. It came out. It made uh, uh, twenty point one million. So, I mean, not bad for you know basically something based off of a no, it's not horrible at all. A fan fanzine, basically. So they basically broke a little bit even. Made yeah, I mean, they, they made money. They made money off it. I'm sure there wasn't. You know, when I was getting everything together for the for this episode, I the 
like the trailers like normally there's you know like five different trailers and then like a, a clip or something. this thing had one trailer and that was it <laughs> no there wasn't anything else yeah there. there wasn't like a big advertising thing like i take that back i thought there was but no oh i wouldn't we wouldn't have known that something like this we wouldn't have seen something i'm trying to think if there was because it, well how old was i back then i'm not gonna say my age oh yeah, you want to say it go ahead so no no <laughs> i think i'll keep that between me and you i'm gonna say i wasn't paying attention and looking at something like this you know at my age damn <laughs> like a john candy tries to develop that voice what do you mean i'm here i'm going to save the girl <laughs> he had to have a kick doing that You know what's one of the most brilliant movies that John Candy made? And, and it's not Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, although I love that movie. It's an underrated one. Uncle Buck? Yes. Yes, you read my mind. I watched that movie about two nights ago, and I, I, I didn't realize how funny that movie is. With a young Macaulay Culkin, by the way. Well, then again, everybody was young back then. Yeah. Sorry, he has too many great movies for me to like pick at. All right, but but this one I love like it's up there. Even when he was in um he was in the first Home Alone, like a little cameo, he was good in that too. Remember he was part of that polka band? Yeah, it's Polka King. Polka <laughs> Polka King. Yeah. What? Damn. I mean, he's just, I mean, I'm looking just at his like list of movies. I'm just like, I can't, they're just like, I look at him and that's right. Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. That's it. Hey, come on out, ride with us. We're going Even his time. last movie was actually really good. Uh, Wagons East? No, Canadian Bacon. Canadian Bacon. Okay. Oh, yeah. Can Even Canadian. that was good. I mean, that's that one was just hysterical. If nobody's seen it, it's... Oh, my God. It's almost very similar to the, like the, the, the plot line of um, Super Troopers 2. Where, a little bit similar yeah but it just it's just great you know he said we have to go against canada we go to war with canada and it's just it's just awesome that's another movie that people give shit on is super troopers 2 and i kind of like super troopers 2 i mean it's not the first one but i thought it was hysterical it was a weird watch the first time when i went back and watched second. that's what i'm saying like I the first like, one oh, I okay that's, this is this is what i wanted yeah this is good yeah but it's it's kind of like when i first watched super troopers i was like do I really want this? And then I liked it. And then I watched the second one for the first time. I was like, eh. And then I watched it again. I was like, okay. Yeah. Because I was trying to think, you know, you, you have that feeling that you have to lower your expectations, expectation versus reality. And well, it was funny is how we, uh, I went with a group of people. Were you part of the group that went to see it in the theaters? With me? Uh, no. What, Super Troopers? Yeah. Second Not the first one, one no. Second no, no, one? Second one, yeah. No, no. Because I, I went with one of our friends and she's not a comedy fan which would just felt i thought it was strange that she wanted to go uh but she was actually like laughing along i was like okay well let's maybe she's not so familiar with with that and i, I will have to put and this is probably what like pan so much 1986 movie of john candy armed and dangerous i love mm. love 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 that movie him and eugene levy awesome young meg Ryan. you know what there's another one that he did too so now we're bringing up john candy movies do you remember the movie that he was actually a um, he was a writer 
And um, it was for a soap opera. And then somehow he got written into the soap opera. Isn't that Delirious? Is it Delirious? Yeah, Delirious, yeah. Okay, that's another good one. I said, yeah, you really look at his... his, his yeah, you know what? There's but not- I still like Uncle Buck, man. It's just... Man, you just banged him and now you're going to kill him? She got what wow. she wanted. Good old Black I, Widow. I, I guess so. Like, but that fast? Usually the stabbing in the back comes later. Sorry. Look at that weird animation style right there. Look at that. You got the psychedelic thing going on. You got like so many different styles going in this movie. It's almost like you got like a video screen playing in the background with them. Over yeah, it, it, that's what it I is. Think, yeah. I think who did that? There was a animator that did that quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. It had to be one of the only ones. And do not tell me that the creators of Masters of the Universe were not influenced by this movie. Because you can see so many of the Masters of the Universe's influences right here. It's ridiculous. Well, Masters was, was primarily Conan. I mean, that, that, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, as far as the style goes. Well, yeah, this, you got again, you got to remember, this isn't just animated. This was a, this was a book, a magazine. So this, this had been going on for the creators of He Man. The this style was something they grew up on in the 70s, 68, 70s wins when this character Dean or Den was around. So if anybody anybody was a writer or a reader growing up, that's like um and then they're throwing Conan in there. Oh, but there was one before Conan. Remember, uh, it it was in Saturday morning cartoons, Thunder the Barbarian. No, 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 Conan was like from the 40s. Nothing, nothing predates Conan when it comes. Maybe I was thinking movie style. Sorry, you're thinking movie style. Yeah, Thunder, Thunder was uh, USA. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely pre He Man. Do you remember the it was like three of them? It was like Thunder, it was like the chick, and it was like the the uh, Wookiee looking guy, and the chick and the guy they had like the cool horses. But the, like the the, the beastie looking guy, he had like the, the really cheap ass horse that looked like a snail. <laughs> yeah, I mean it looked like a horse, but its tail was like really wide, and it was just odd. They did him dirty. And back at Snake Mountain. Yeah, because you had them, you had them teamed up with like a couple of other ones. Actually, no, that wasn't USA. Sorry, that was uh, ABC. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. He's just like, he's taking the girls like, let's go. I ain't ruling these people. Why would I? I got a hot chick with me. I'm out. The luck I'm dead. Who's the voice of this? Of the Lochnar or uh, Piercy Rodriguez came in as uncredited, but I don't. I like his his voice. I was trying to find him, but I don't see a link to his name really. 
Man, back in Cybertron. Let's see. Oh, oh, wait. Never mind. I found him. You did? Yeah. Here's the... Someone else. He's in Captain EO. Shark is still working. Captain EO? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> um, Captain EO? Trying to find something you might recognize him from. Like his face looks familiar, but really not much going on. He was in Sanford and Son for an episode. TJ Hooker, Benson, uh, Roots, the next generation, Jefferson's. Like, yeah, he was. So he's like a 70s actor, pretty much. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, really not much that you would. He was on the shark is still working the documentary on Jaws, but he wasn't in Jaws, so maybe he just did the voiceover for it. Probably. But like I'm looking at the list here and nothing I would like he looks familiar, but nothing that I could say, yeah, definitely. Did a lot of low budget. Galaxa Galaxa Now this, you know who this guy looks like? I don't know if the, he was like a precursor to the character. You may not remember it. Do you remember Space Ace? Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, after it was Dragon's Lair first, and then there was Space Ace. That's who he reminds me of, especially with that distinctive chin. What do they call it? Like the lantern chin? Like the lamp lantern chin? The particular uh, drawing like, style. Yeah, that, 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 uh, that, that Superman, Batman. Yeah, the big chin. That was like the big thing that they always had. Like, they always have the underwear on the outside. You got to have that big distinctive yeah. chin. Actually, you know who he reminds me of. And this is more later on, but he reminded me of uh, Zach Brannigan from Futurama. Oh my, oh my god! With the big bowl. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The suit, okay. other than wearing the hot pants, he reminds me of Zach Brannigan. It's a good pull. I'm a big fan of Futurama. I love Bender. Yeah, definitely Superman ripoff. I mean, right there, the, the straight. Oh to, yeah, to the it's, curly it's, cue down at the center of his. Is that Clancy Brown? No, no Clancy. Okay, he sounds like him. Oh, Clancy in here. <laughs> I'm just saying, like he, he, he like he for would, a moment, maybe it was yeah. sort of like a moment that he just sounded like. Yeah, no, he would. That would throw up a throw up a real red flag. Um, you have Captain, uh, who's playing Captain F. Uh, Stein Sternen. That's Eugene Levy, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Wow, it doesn't sound like him. Yeah, John Vernon. Oh, that's why probably John Vernon, uh, from uh, the Dean Warmer. Oh, he's playing, he's playing the prosecutor, so maybe that's maybe okay. Maybe that because he's got that he's got that deep voice like like Clancy does. <laughs> this is Edward Norton before Primal Fear. So the music on this one is Cheap Trick.
Oh, look, he's hulking out. So this so this one was taken directly to uh, or directly from heavy metal. Okay. This one, this one was a straight. Yeah, I was gonna say this looks out of all the stories is more yeah. heavy metal. Yeah, this is straight from the magazine. Uh, yeah, you can tell. Yeah, the it captain is. was is considered part Han Solo, part James Gardner from The Great Escape is what they're how they describe. Wow. Him. Okay. Uh, definitely is a character of Superman. That's uh, that's put in but, here. What the hell? And the artist actually that created him, uh, Bernie uh, Wrightston. Um, goodness, let's see. House of Mystery, House of Secrets, Swamp Thing. Uh, he's House a, of Secrets. Yeah, he's been around for quite a while. He's put had his hands in every company from DC to Eclipse to IDW to Image to Marvel. He has had his work seen everywhere. So yeah, it's a definitely a uh, it's definitely got a good legacy. He's actually one of the one of the guys that uh, that a lot of people are like rec- recognize in the comic book world as uh, influence. Josh Wheaton, Neil Gaiman, uh, Gamer Del Toro. I mean, Mike Mignolia. They all look to him as a as representation. So yeah, this guy's been around that, that did this. Tell. Yeah, he was one of the first ones to do Swamp Thing uh, from the House of Mystery or House of Secrets. He worked with Len Wein. Yeah, you hear you hear Eugene in there at all? I can definitely hear him. Okay. Got a little uh, Pink Floyd action going on here. Look at that. Ah, 
And there we go. More master. I love that anime. Oh, so good. Where are you at? By the way, just making sure. Um, are we the, watching the plane? Uh, yeah, I'm on the B-52. Okay, okay, just, just making sure. Just making sure. Just oh, that's what I'm on to. Bombs dropping, so. so we're probably a couple of seconds off. Now, refresh my memory. This is kind of like an off-topic question. When I see like that B-52 bomber, Ew. sucks for that guy. Did they ever make a B-52 bomber as far as like a toy version goes in G.I. Joe? No, because um, G.I. Joe did wasn't the G.I. Joe's that could have had them had a, something like that. Mm -hmm. They weren't B-52 style. The World War II because um, yeah, they had yeah. the have 16 the uh, the the striker uh, jets yeah yeah we, we, you got to realize that the, those those what uh five inch four whatever the yeah four, five, it was no, no that, those were the three inches yeah those the, there were no three four three four was around anymore for those so you had to be more you know more up to date and when world war ii gi joe was around he was too big to have a bomber you know it would be fucking you know six feet i thought they might have made it i'm not sure because in the era that I'm coming from, I'm not talking about the 12 inch Joes. I was more of the four inch ones. Right. Yeah. So it was that. Yeah. They never, they never, I was just like, did they ever create one? No, because again, if you got read, that was World War II. This was. Okay. The, but I thought they, they might have created it. No, they, they no. They, the only thing they had anything with like a turret was the, uh, the, the Cobra Rattler. That yeah. That, 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 the, the Rattler, right? Yeah. yeah. Cobra always had better vehicles, man. Of course they did. They were the bad guys. They had the uh, they had the hiss tanks, which are really cool. Had the had the fang, the little tiny. The fang, oh, the fang, yeah, the fangs are really cool. They had the the nightwing. Hey, but but at the same time, they also had the worst ones. They had the pogo. Oh, those that was terrible. Oh, the thing that looked like an octopus. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, it was a little no. It was a ball with like four legs. It was a pogo stick. It was a pogo ball. Even did you like the um, the Cobra Command Center? I didn't like it. The circular. Oh, the, oh yeah, the uh, the pterodrome. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that. the pterodrome. I, I, yeah, I thought that was great because it was all encompassing. The GI Joe would just was a wall. And their battle, their 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 base was just a wall with a bunch of guns facing. I always them. thought it was kind of weird because the G, the actually the uh, the pterodrome always had like that jet in the middle. Yeah. Like if all else fails, hey, guess what? I'm out. Or, or you can use it as defense. Yeah, it was that's how it was. I if, never if used you, it. If you were that that to me was the worst way out. It was like, okay, my, my base is gonna take it over, so I'm gonna I'm out. See ya. If you read the comic book in tangent with that, you, you would understand what those were for. So, uh, I need to read it then. Yeah, see that's that's the. But I digress. I'm sorry. I just got off a little tangent. I was just thinking about that. Uh, gotta gotta throw out Joe every once in a while. I always gotta throw out the Joes, man. You know, that was another one that I thought about doing was the G.I. Joe movie. Yeah, I mean, we already did. Yeah, we did. Uh, did uh, We did Transformers. Transformers already. So yeah, And I thought about that. doing the Joe movie, but I didn't know if they had it because the Joe movie that I saw was not in full. It was all in, in parts. You know, the G.I. Joe's, when they had their little arcs, they had it like in fives. Oh, you never went and saw it in the theaters? No, I never saw it in the oh, theaters. Wow, yeah, no, I saw that in the theaters. Oh, you saw the theaters? See, yeah. I didn't. I never did. Hey, look, it's Solomon Grundy's great granddad. Oh, 
I love the fact that Stargirl's teasing us with like Grundy, but they're not showing Grundy yet. Well, they did sort of in the second episode. Yeah, but he oh, was, he was behind a cage. That's that's what you want. You don't want to see him right off the bat. You don't want to give. Out they the- even haven't shown him like fully yet. Like they they they've just shown like his shadow. Yeah, which I think is cool. By the guy, by the way, guys, if you haven't watched Stargirl yet, please. I know we always say we give the heroes asylum like the five episode rule to say yay or nay, but I'm gonna break that rule and I'm gonna say watch it now. Yes, and I'm and I'm only three episodes in, and I love it. Yeah, I like it. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have a. It's a DC feel without the without the Arrowverse stuff on it. Exactly, and it has the lore, which I love too. Like the last episode, you haven't seen it yet. I think it's called Icicle, and um, it just basically goes into the past of the JSA. And that moment, I was I was just like, I wish that I could have texted the captain at that moment, but it was a little bit late at night. He's probably sleeping, but. Like the things that I saw and like the story, like, you know, when Luke Wilson is just narrating about like the JSA, I'm like, oh. <laughs> You're screwed, pal. Very creep show, like, too. Yeah. Don't say no. Run. Run, Forrest. Oh, he's screwed. Yeah, definitely a uh, creep show. Twilight. Big time. Big time. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, sure, that's where they, with, with Heavy Metal, where they got a lot of their influence because you had to realize they were kids when the original. Creep show is out. Mm-hmm. Mutants, huh? What's Velma doing there? Who is this, it? this one has got some great, uh, as far as what? No, uh, the music. I'm trying to think of the band. Oh, this one's got a ton of the like, music wise. No, the, the music just now, like just uh, passed. Did I you hear him? No, my, I've got my volume yeah. down a little bit too much. Let's see it. Oh, we got, well, maybe you can figure it out. You have a Must Be Dreaming by Cheap Trick, Queen mm, Beat by nope. Grand Funk Railroad, nope. Crazy by Nazareth, All of You by Don Felder. Heavy metal by Sammy Hagar and I don't remember Don Felder. You don't know who Don Felder is? I don't. I, I it's I slipping my mind right now. That's why I was like, who is Don Felder? You don't know. You I'm gonna know. lose my metal everybody, card now. Everybody knows Don Felder. If, if, you're, not, if you're not lining down with Don, man, you you, you know you know nobody. Damn, gonna be down with Don Felder, huh? Yeah, you gotta just mess with. <laughs> he, he, he was a lead guitarist for for the Eagles. He, he was he was the one of the original ones until 1974, and then he got oh okay, all right. Got the Swift boot before I think that's I'm trying to remember which before they got good. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? No, no, no. Before they got the uh, the, the replacement, and I'm trying to remember who the who the main replacement was. Yeah, because yeah, he was out. Uh, Wasn't was the one out. that passed away recently? I think so. Yeah, because he was with them. Oh no, sorry, he came in in 1974. He, he was on the he was with them on the border one of these nights hotel California in the long run so uh, 
and he came back. He was all, he was with them on the Hell Freezes Over tour. So the, the most recent or the last live album they had. 1970 or 1947 is when he was born. Mm. But yeah, no, that's Don Felder. So. Okay. Whoa. Harold Ramis is on this one for a voice, by the way. This is his first one. Uh, got Return of John Candy, Eugene Levy. Alice I'm telling you, it's all Second City. That's oh, all yeah, it is. Our primary. Oh, there's. There's Harold Ramis. Uh, Harold Ramis, I think he was playing. Uh, I just heard him. Yeah, Zeke is who he's playing. John Candy's the robot, by the way. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't demand nothing there, lady. <laughs> God, I miss Harold Ramis. <laughs> you know what sucks? I mean, amongst the other things about this whole pandemic we're going through is that we're going to miss Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I know that was one of the movies you were looking forward to. I don't know. It still might come out. We, I think, it, I, I think a lot of them have put it on hold. We're, we're getting ready to get. Um, I think a lot of the movie studios are looking to start relaunching at when uh, Hell It comes out. I think Can you believe that's the first movie that's going to come out? Is yeah, that movie? Yeah, I think that'll be. Well, every. I don't think it'll be the first movie, but I think that's when. No, what is the first movie that's going to be released? I think it's called Unchained. Yeah. It's a Russell Crowe movie. I think that was the, the trailer that I saw. It looks ridiculous, but I think I'm just going to go. Because I want to go into the movie theaters again. Yeah, but that's uh, that's what they're just they're working towards right now. Just say, I know here in Florida we got the okay to get movie theaters back open again. Yep, uh, um, it's just that uh, we have to get something out in the theaters. You know what's funny about that? There I mean, go. He, there's Harold. He, Harold's there he a the, the alien. He's the green one. Yeah. yeah. You know what I don't get, and maybe I'm not a studio executive and all that. Maybe they need time to amp up and to get sales. But a lot of these movies are done. Why not just release them? Well, you probably aren't going to get enough of the, the same playback, uh, like the money wise. So is that why? Most, mm. most likely. I mean, you got. I don't know because I think people are just dying to go out, and I think like a big movie like. Can you believe like Tenet is one of those movies that didn't even move from its release date, and it's still on it's it's still on on course to to, yeah. to hit its scheduled date? Oh yeah, that's definitely the eighties. Oh, that's big time eighties right there. Look at that. <laughs> that is all eighties right Mega there. Mega Man, that ship is Mega Man. There's the Enterprise. Yeah. What year did MTV launch? 83? Yeah, I think 83, yeah. Okay. I mean, yet again, another thing that was influenced by this movie, the, the MTV generation. Literally, this is this is MTV. Good man. How'd you get so far ahead of me? How, how far am I ahead? I don't know. You said there's the Enterprise, and it was 30 seconds later. So. Oh, okay. Well, I, a, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. 
No, I think because they, they, really, they, can't, they can't do any releasing other than streaming wise, and they don't want to. They don't want to because you're going to lose money there. Well, they're going to lose money anyway because they're not going to get the projected sales they thought they were going to get. They probably will, but you got to realize they're going to. I don't. Long, there's no long way. term. They're not going to get the pop that they did. They're not going to get that. You got to figure. You, got, you have to ease people in. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen, and that's why you're going to see longer movie runs. I think. Um, and then, like I think they said, they were still going to try to do the ninety-day to video. That's the talk right now. Is that the they're to make their money back is to get it to video within ninety days of release on the in, from the theaters. But I got a feeling that they're going to do a little bit longer runs well, out on the to, screen since it's only allowed fifty percent of people right now. Yeah, you have to adjust. That's the big thing. Like like right now, like like at my job, you know, instead of working our normal. Like we used to, like the five, 12 hour days in the beginning of the month, we can't do that anymore because, you know, the volume is just not there and the companies are slowly back and the hotels are opening back up. So we're doing four tens and the beginning of the month, we're doing five tens because we have to ease back into it. Is that what they told you? Yes. <laughs> That's what they told me. Whoa! Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> you see that? Yeah, I did. Martian are people too? Oh, this is that's Hagar, unmistakable. God, what an underrated cut! He's such an underrated rock singer, man. And he gets a lot of hate, which I don't get. I don't think he gets as much hate anymore as he as he did when they. Well, he used hate. to. I mean, do you do you remember how much hate he used to get? Oh yeah, he got a lot of hate. You'd lose friends if you were if you were a Van Hagar fan. Oh, I used to like both of them. I, I never thought, what's the big deal? I remember the day he that he was hired to be the singer of Van Halen. I was like, this is a great choice. Like, what's the big deal? Can't go wrong with Red Rooster. Nope. Oh my God. Hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> Here, William is playing a freaking stoner. Is awesome. It's very fitting that his son is going to direct that new Ghostbusters movie. He's he's going to be one of those guys that's going to treat that. With respect. Oh yeah, because yeah. you've got Kit because the, the I mean I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but okay. like the older Ghostbusters movie like the you know, the female one which I had no issues with which I thought it was okay for what it was I just thought it was disrespected the older one so badly that that's why it failed because people had a thing like oh this is Ghostbusters what did you do and even from that first trailer I saw I was like oh okay he respects it I mean it's his dad's thing. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to think. You know, he wants his dad's so, legacy to continue on because that that you know influences his as well. Yeah. And it's just just like anything else, you just treat just like the the, the last Scooby Doo movie that came out that you and I watched. Scooby-Doo. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it did it, what it did is it represented the original material, honored it, and kept the spirit there, but be new at the same time. And that's where the the Ghostbusters, you know, the female Ghostbusters. I think that's where it failed. Was it just didn't honor? It didn't even like recognize it, other than a couple of guest spots. But they treated like which were horribly never existed. Horribly used. Yeah, that's terrible. 
you know, I've always been a big fan that there are certain movies that just should never be touched. And if they, you don't, if you do want to play in their world, don't redo it. Just extend it. Be uh, and don't call and, it that name. Don't call call it something else. Well, you could have called it Ghostbusters, but but like, acknowledge that something came before you, and just like this, it could have been. You know what it could have been? It could have been like a small paragraph, like, "Hey, you know th- these ghosts are back." Like, "Oh, well, we haven't seen one in like twenty years," and yeah. you know what? That's it. Okay, cool. We're we're done. Yeah, that's all. You, it, it took a, a mere like paragraph, and you're done. Not even a paragraph, like two sentences. Yeah. Well, just like they're doing with the with the new one, they're, they're acknowledging, "Hey, yes, these things came from somebody before me, but you know, this is a new adventure." Oh my god, I'm trying to think of what this movie remind this this certain story reminds me of right now. Double Deer. <laughs> I used to love Double Dare. That's when I got home from school, I used to watch that. I wanted to be in Double Dare. Hosted by Mark Singer, not the actor, the uh, game show. No, Mark Summers. I'm sorry. Mark Summers with an O. Uh oh. The green goo is going to make them all Hulk out. Well, I mean, the Hulk is the Hulk for a reason. I think he's dead. Yeah, but nobody is opposing you, dude. Not yet. Meanwhile, the Legion of Doom. <laughs> and for you Sabbath and Dio fans, this this section, oh, all this. Sabbath, all Dio. Or Devo. Sorry, there's Devo. In, but it's it's the Dio Sabbath. Which I, I like the Dio Sabbath, man. They're all right. I did. I enjoyed them. I, they I, had their moments. It's kind of like the uh, the Coverdale version of uh, Deep Purple. I, I like too. Yeah, they're dead. Yeah, to, to me, watching watching the the uh, Dio version of Sabbath just shows like this complete change of the band, like their style, mm-hmm. their writing, just went like darker and twisted, more fantastical too. Yeah, but you see, I'm a, I'm a I'm also I'm one of those rare ones. I'm a Sabbath fan even through the uh, '80s and '90s, after even after Dio left. There were really, couple, yeah, there that's, were a couple. That's of, a real that's a real fan. I'll, there were a couple of after Dio left, I, I dropped off and like okay, I'm done. Now, there was and there's High album, Father. I think there was one <laughs> album, uh, Tire, Tear, or something like that. It was like really good. And I just, it's one of those ones you just can never find. It was just before uh, Dio returned for um, uh, Inhumanizer. Great album. Got to see him. In, that, that, I got to say, do you want to talk about a metal show? Just the devil was with us that night. Danzig and Black Sabbath. Oh, <laughs> Satan was there, sir. Oh, yeah. And it just sucked. We were in, um, we were in Tampa, and it was the Sun Dome. And oh, for you guys man. here locally, oh. or that, that aren't locally, the Sun Dome in Tampa, it was that the dome was kind of clear, so you could get the sunlight in. And then, the, then at night, you know, it, it was great. But 
Danzig started when the sun was out, so it was like oh. it wasn't as dark as you wanted it to be. That sucks. Danzig should always be at night. It can't be at day. Well, it wasn't day. It was night. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, it was, was like, like, you know, yeah. with a little bit of light. I mean, what, what time did it start? Like, 6.37? 7, 8. I mean, it, Seven, was, eight? The, it yeah. was during that time when the light was still out. I mean, by he the still end had the of crack of dawn, man. Yeah, by the, end of his, by the end of his set, it was dark. Mm-hmm. But uh, of it, course. Was the, it was just one of those ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> still say my, my favorite one was seeing him at the edge. Oh. Oh God, we can have a po- we can have a podcast with the edge. Man. Oh man, Jesus! Great show, secret show by Nine Inch Nails and STP. I got lucky those nights. I mean, yes, literally and like figuratively, as far as like the music went too. So it's only two bucks to get in. Then afterwards, we went to Liquid and parted till five o'clock in the morning. Ah, oh, I miss. You were Liquid, right? Sorry, folks. Didn't mean to get sidetracked there, but old raver days never die. This character, this guy, the way he's, hmm, I'm trying to think right now. Who does this guy remind me of with the horns? And the green skin, he's a character. Is he in a comic book, I believe? Hmm. He had two horns, but he had a missing horn. Are you thinking um you thinking uh Dungeons and Dragons, are you? Oh is that what I'm thinking of? Well, yes. Because he had the he had the, the he had the helmet with the horn, yeah. and like one of them was missing. Was that, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Good pull, Mike. Good pull. That's yeah. I can think of. I'm like, one wow. Of them, like, I, I totally. For, I, I was spacing out. I was like, who is it? Captain wins the night so far. <laughs> now this is the part of the movie where it was like the the uh, animation was like yeah, a little wonky. Well, again, you little wonk, think, little wonk. I know for the, the time, but time, yeah. like now this was cool. Like before that was not. Like this is more cool. Maybe they ran out of dough like the last scene. Yeah, usually probably like the uh, the the wide angle scenes yeah. get a little questionable. Yeah, when you're up close like this, like this is freaky. This is freak style right here. This is a this is Eternia. For the power of Grayskull! And of course, you have to have a factory in the middle of the bones. Where, where else would you have a factory? I'm just saying. I mean, it's, that's, that's like part of the quote, man. You have to have a factory in the middle of bones. Surprise hasn't happened yet. This I'm I'm getting like alien feel. Me too. Me too. I got very very Geiger feeling right now. I was I was just gonna say that all the all the twisting pipes. And everything. Yeah, like twisties and now this this right here that little thing that's very um, never ending story. 
I don't remember Naked Girl and Never Ending Story. No, 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 not the girl. Oh, oh sorry. The statue before that. What the, yeah, well. The Captain was Mike, a, here's the sound dog. <laughs> that's Captain Man, exactly, yeah. The, the, I'm talking about the statue right now. Oh, do you yeah. remember what, do you yeah. remember when was walking and he sees two versions there, like one of them like let, like tries to kill him? Yeah. And the, and the other one they like dest- get, like destroys itself for some reason. I don't know why. I, I forgot. Well, he had to walk. He, it was part of the, one of the tests. He had to get through the tests. Well, the, the first test was they a test of courage, right? Yeah, I think this one is like testing his heart. Yeah, I think that, that was like it was a two, I missed two lions. Movie. I think I think it was two lions. I have to send you the picture of them. It's a, a Treyu, and the um. It's definitely seven. What the uh the Empress Queen or the Queen? Yeah, and the, like showing them now. Yeah, like and she oh, yeah, still no, looks. I, she I still looks I've good. That, I think I've seen that picture. Have you? Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're like a trail's all tatted up now. Like. Yeah. yeah okay. A trail. And we have this Valkyrie type woman, like just. I think Tony Katan. Remember Tony Katan? Mm-hmm. God, I had such a crush on her. Oh, Lord. It's disturbing. Nice outfit. Well, the 80s were all about decadence, so. Yeah. Maybe that's why I missed the 80s so much, because it was just fun. People didn't think too much. Maybe that's why. Too coked up. (laughs) And movies like this could pass and make money off. Yeah. Well, I think this could pass now. Just I don't think yo know, it would be as N- not as sexualized. Yeah, though. yeah, definitely. You not. can't have it like That's, this. I mean, really, that that outfit is so not battle, you know, worthy at all. Like, look at this. This is straight out of Excalibur right now. Yeah. No, that's straight out of Keyman. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. I'm talking about the sword coming off. Well, this uh, is He Man. This is He Man right here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This okay. is straight up. <laughs> this is straight up. Uh, we know problem. that. Yeah. That's that's not even a question. But it's cool. It's cool though. Yeah. This is during the 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 time of uh, big voluptuous women for uh, superheroes, and yeah, we wouldn't get away with that today. But, I mean, you're ending with a heroine, you know. You're not ending with, you know, her being, needing help. She's, no, she's. she's this is just, you want to talk about a strong female character? Here you go, folks. Right. 1981, we had one.
And the main bad guy is the Swedish chef. <laughs> Look, they killed J. Jonah Jameson. And there's High Father's head. I know because that's the way that you look at High Father. He started. I'm just saying. I don't like that Surgeon General version. Why? No, no, I just like it. It's more modernized. He looks more aggressive. I mean, it's, like, it's again the old. To me, the old High Father version looked very frail, like very old man winner, and like I don't like that. This, uh. like the newer version, he looked like more technology. He looked like he could fight Dark Side. The other one, it looked like he just like, hey man, Dark Side, you want some lunch? I got a sandwich right here. Oh, he, he was Zeus. I'm just, I mean, he was, he was yeah, but he was Zeus, but he Zeus. was he, he didn't look like he was imposing enough to fight him. That's that's your that's your call. You've never gotten your ass kicked by an old man. <laughs> How do you know? Because <laughs> you you would you would recognize and say hi, father. Back then, look just fine. I'm just saying the the more the, the newer version. I like that. It's too sleek. He, I, it's too. Sleek. I liked it. I, don't, I, don't. I know you had your issues with it because you you brought it to my attention. You're like, wait, a minute, that's high father. I'm like, yeah, that's high father. And then you were like, hey, can I use the old version? I was like, no. That's when I had to throw my half of the Heroes Asylum ownership and say, no, you have to use a new one. Sorry. My 49% goes very far. Ladies and Ooh. That's cheap trick. Ouch. Hey, did. No, there's no cheap trick on this one. Just uh, Devo. There's no? Devo. Is the other van. Mark Mothersbaugh. I had a friend at work the other day. He was uh, he was listening to the soundtrack for Thor Ragnarok. And he's like, man, it sounds so 80s. Like, like, who did it? And I was like, that was Mark Mothersbaugh. They even have Devo in the freaking movie. <laughs> you cannot tell me these characters are not created after Devo. But like I was saying, like the soundtrack for Thor Ragnarok was created by Mark Mothersbaugh, who was a member of Devo. So that's why people dug it, because it was so spacey and weird. And I had to tell somebody that I work like, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Devo. Like, really? I mean, Captain, isn't it crazy that we live in a world nowadays like bands from the 80s who literally meant were just like fun bands or like nothing. And guys like Danny Elfman and Mark Mothersbaugh are accomplished composers now i'm sure you could bring up a couple more oh yeah but i mean it's not today i mean it's since the 90s yeah yeah danny elfman's been around since the 90s you had well i'm saying danny elfman goes oingo boingo right he you, was had, you, had, you had you know you had even uh um trent reznor back in the back in the early well trent reznor was early it was 90s and 90s. now he's now he's basically all about soundtracks you, can, like, you even had um the, we talked about Danzig earlier uh john christ the, his first guitar player oh that's he, right, he's, that's right. He's, and he's been doing that since the, the late 90s so it's not something new it's it's something that's been around for i'm just saying it's like one of those things that you would never have thought about nice shot it's a little off the top what is the sound effects with the head what is that 
Somebody crushing a watermelon. Or... Oh, yeah, I think it is. Rotoscope. Oh. That's what I was thinking of, by the way, about the style of animation, that rotoscope. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. God, that chick is hot. Okay. You need... Sorry. What? And I know you've been cooped up a while. Liz. Chick likes, chicks like that are just like, they rule. The green glow. So the guy, that, the guy that did the uh, voice of the bartender, mm -hmm. uh, Cedric Smith. I was just going to ask about that voice. Cause it sounded familiar. Hmm. Oh, very familiar. Was from the uh, X-Men TV series. And he was a big part of it. It's Apocalypse. No. No? No. Professor X. Was he? Prof that was the voice of Professor X. Man, if you could find me the voice of Apocalypse for the animated series, that's who I want to know. I love... Oh. Like the, the, the Apocalypse that we got in X-Men, whatever... What was it called? X-Men something something. X I didn't like it too much, but like the, the beginning of that movie was great. Yeah. Everything after that was like, and their version of Apocalypse was like, you know, eh, whatever. Hey, so this is got, what happens. We, to, we got a live action Apocalypse. I'm, I'm just fine with. That. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, well, do look at, I look at, I know we look, look. I'm not. I am. I'm nitpicky about certain characters. Certain characters that you cannot. You have a one and done chance to do, and you got to do them right. And he's one of them. You have to do him right. The, you have to do him because he has to be imposing. Like, you one of the best things about the X-Men animated cartoon about him was, like, not only was he imposing, but he was, he was threatening, he was analytical, he was strategical as well, and he, and he was manipulative. He was all those things. And Oscar Isaacs, I love him a lot, but he was not a good Apocalypse. And was it his fault? No, the writing was bad as well, but he just didn't feel like Apocalypse. He felt like some dude, like, at the Winchester at like 1.30 in the morning trying to buy some like some hua, a drink or something like that and say, come with me, my child. I shall show you the fireball. The power of the fireball should lead you back. I only live two minutes from here in those apartment buildings. That's who you reminded me of. Sorry. I don't know who you're running into. Winchester at that time. No oh, don't talk. Don't talk. You run into the same people as well. <laughs> I just never equated them to an apocalypse. Mm. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. You didn't know that I compare people to comic characters all the time? No. Maybe that's why I'm single. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there are a few voices for apocalypse. Do they go by seasons or they're just going uh, by? Uh, no, because I think uh, some people passed and then they changed. You had a uh, John uh, Calicos was the first one for a year. Then you had a uh, James Blendick did it for two years. And then you had a uh, Lauren Kennedy did it for a year. So mm, might've been Blendick then. Yeah, I mean, he did it the most. I just remember that. When he would show up on screen, it was always one of my favorite episodes. Like anytime, 
because before he would even lay a hand on it, he would always just start talking, talking down to like, you are nothing to me. I am the first of the mutants and you are pale. Like he would always just downgrade you before you even hit him. But it's okay because, you know, I got Thanos in live action and he's great. But the Thanos in animated version is awful. Maybe we should do that one day. We should do like a comparison type of thing. Like animated version versus live action version. Wouldn't be that long. It really would probably be about this. It'd be like this. You bitching about it. I mean, I say anything really. And you just nodding your head like, yeah, just, yep. whatever. Yeah, because whatever. <laughs> it's your opinion. It's like your opinion, man. You're right. <laughs> See, this part right here could really be a movie. Yeah, I mean, not, like this story by itself, like the, the last one. Because all shit's breaking loose right now. We got this guy flying on a bat. We got this chick, you know, basically in latex and leather. She's going to fight the guy from Dungeons and Dragons who's basically turned evil. Well, this was basically, it was part of a comic book uh, series, uh, Arzak was what this one was based off of. And let's see here. 1975 was the, uh, was the, the comic book series when it was published. Um, collection of four wordless short stories uh, by uh, Dean Girard or uh, Mobius is what these Mobius. were based off of. Yeah, so. Mobius. Um, Isn't Mobius yeah. the name of the anti-monitor? I believe so, but he was also a concept designer for Alien, Tron, Fifth okay. Element, Abyss. That's probably why you're probably thinking of him more from that than uh, Yeah, but no, that's that's so. Yeah, this was this is basically a story. Here they just added words because it was they were wordless short stories uh, and that came through. Um, it's a French actual comic book series, uh, Metal Hurrent. Ouch. Don't talk about it like that. No, don't kill the dragon, dude. No, 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 no. Aww. You killed... That's what you get. I think I saw somebody at a WonderCon when he addresses his character. The girl or the guy? Yeah, the girl, the girl. Uh, maybe, could be. Oh, he's still alive. You saved your life, man. Take care of that dude. You're not even going to patch him up?
Nope, she's doing a suicide run. Suicide run, brother. That's what it is. She's doing a Barry Allen. I still wish that's what the way they ended Infinity Crisis. One of the coolest endings of all time. If you guys haven't read it, spoilers, it's been around for like 25 years or 30. But Barry Allen becomes the lightning bolt that created him. Look at that. That's live action right there. That shot. See? I love how they added those elements. So good. Oh, so it was her all along. She is the new keeper. So there you go, folks. Heavy metal. You saw there? All right, guys. Well, I think I might have lost Kane. Well, guys, that was heavy metal. If uh, if you guys want to check it out, I was able to find it on Vudu. I do know it's out on YouTube, uh, or not YouTube, sorry, uh, iTunes, uh, um, Amazon Prime. Sorry, I there, dropped there you, my. There I, you dropped, are. I dropped. I just. Sorry about that, guys. I just I dropped my microphone like in the middle of it, like I had a little technical issue. Sorry. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what I was saying, is, <laughs> so you, you can find it on you can find it on Vudu. Uh, Amazon Prime, YouTube, also some other locations that are out there. Uh, so if you guys want to, you know, when you you know, want to do this, you know, watch along and just not just listen to us, but you can watch along with it. The whores actually have credits in this movie. The whores. Yes. Sorry. I'm just looking at all the music. Stevie Nicks. Oh yeah, yeah. You got the, oh shit. Uh, got Journey in there with a. When was Journey? I don't remember Journey. Um, they're probably was... playing more in the background. Yeah, because I don't remember like them being up front at all. So, yeah. 
But I don't know if the captain has said, but uh, this movie's on, on Amazon Prime, I believe, Voodoo and all that. Yeah, but I just went through again. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm That's just true. trying to like echo stuff. But guys, check it out whenever you get a chance. I mean, it's a really fun movie. I mean, if, it's not really an animated movie, movie that I would say for your kids to watch now, but no. down the road, yes. It's definitely one of those movies that you have to watch, I would say a couple times, maybe twice. There's no gist to it. There's no rhyme or reason. There's just the green orb. And then that's the one through line all the way through. And then you have some kick-ass music. And then you have just stuff happening. And I just thought like the animation style, as far as this time of 1981, kind of ahead of its time. And I think this movie was like a prelude to many other things that you get to see later on in the decade. I mean, we said so many things. We said Masters of the Universe. I mean, we said the fifth element. I mean, what else did we say, Captain? Like, this movie influenced like just a ton of stuff. Yeah, you yeah, you see influences everywhere on this. I mean, there's nothing you don't, so and if you guys do like this one, like I said, there was a uh, heavy metal two thousand came out here two thousand. Uh was is actually was based off it's not like this one where it's mini stories. The heavy metal two thousand is a bulk story, just a, a huge one. It was based off of a, a graphic novel called The Melting Pot, and that was written by Kevin Eastman. If anybody's a fan of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as well as uh, Simon Bisley, who uh, was, was one of the creators for Lobo. Uh, and also you had uh, Eric Talbot, who uh, was uh, actually I don't see much here for Eric. I think that was only. No, he didn't have that got. much. Yeah, he doesn't have anything, actually. But that is Heavy Metal <laughs> 2000. So, I mean, you, you get the idea. It's coming from uh, from somebody of an independent standby, you know, st- uh, you know, um, it's coming from somebody that started off independently like uh, within Kevin Eastman. Uh, same thing goes for it as far as music goes. You you have Monster Magnet, uh, uh, MDFMK, Pantera, uh, Insane Clown Posse, System of the Down, Days of the New. Like as far as like metal goes, it's got metal up the, mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? Even throws in, <laughs> even throws in some uh, great oldies, you know, Bauhaus and some Billy Idol. So, you know, definitely. I'll have to check this one. I haven't it, seen yeah. that one. That's um, an odd one. Even a couple from like Cold Chamber, like and then this is Cold Chamber 2000, so you know it's fairly new for them. That, that, so. That's 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 good Cold Chamber. Yeah. After that, Cold Chamber got weak. So, right. but uh, so there's you know it's definitely something to uh, to take take a look if you like this. They did have another one. Again, it's just I think I wasn't a fan of it so much because I didn't like the fact that it. it I wanted it to be like the, this one was where it was many stories. This one it was just a full story. And uh, again, that's one of the uh, things that uh, you know uh, trick or, or trick or treat. Yep. Actually, trick or trick or treat. Yeah, trick or treat is the uh, is the uh, the eighties movie with uh, Gene. And that's the one we need to do. I'm sorry, we need to do that one. We I think in Halloween we'll have to do a couple watch alongs. Yeah, we got to do those. We have to do that one. That's the one we've been talking about so long that we have to just do it out of just. And you and you have to watch the uh, the two uh, the heavy metal two thousand because you have Billy Idol doing voices of Odin. Listen. I haven't watched Heavy Metal 2000, but after this, I'm going to watch Heavy Metal 2000. I'm sorry. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna think I'm gonna crack open some some adult beverages, and I think I have to crack that open and just watch that. Yeah. Maybe a solo. Actually, probably I can't. Nah, it won't be a solo watch along. Can't do that. No more solo watch alongs for me, kids. Too many. Too many bad things. So. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, if you guys want to, you can always check us out at our websites. Uh, you can always go to one one location, uh, streamerlinks.com forward slash heroes underscore asylum. You'll find all the links to all of our social media and our websites and our links to our podcast pages as well. 
So get there, check those out. Kane's got the rest of it. Check us out on Twitter on the Heroes Asylum Podcast. We're there as always, and we're at Instagram at the Heroes Asylum Instagram page. Got some stuff going up on there, and as always, the main area of contact is the Facebook page. Guys, thank you. We're over seven hundred. I can't believe we're over seven hundred right now. We're so close to that one thousand mark, guys. Let's 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 do it. Let's 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 dig deep down. Like, share. Come on, get us to that thousand part. We're gonna we're gonna have that party at the Winchester. Captain Mike's gonna buy everybody's bar tab that night. Come on, really? get us that. Well, he's probably gonna buy it. I'll buy it. But guys, thank you for the midnight movies from my heart to yours. And as always, get to the asylum.